good morning, everybody, and happy new year. Welcome back to Daybreak. As always, I am here with Jared Hillman. Jared, how are you, man? Doing well, thank you. Yeah. New yeah. year, new year. Optim optimism, uh, more of the same. What are, you, what are you feeling? What are you feeling this morning? What am I feeling this morning? Um, yeah, optimism. I mean, you know, it's a new year. You, have, you, you inherently feel optimistic despite minimalistic changes of your surroundings. Uh, you just feel like it's like a reset, like it's a clean slate, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that same headspace. I mean, obviously, logically, nothing, nothing happens. There's right. no, there's no magic that happens at, you know, 1159 to 12 o'clock, uh, December 31st to January 1st. But like you said, it's a, it's a clean piece of paper. It is a clean slate. And, uh, you know, it's, it feels right to fill in with the things you want to write into it. So, um, I'm, I'm optimistic too. I'm, I'm taking this proactive approach that the year is going to be what we make of it. So, uh, and, and it's not baked at all yet. So that's awesome. You know, the other thing too, if you think about it, it, even if it's a placebo, it's probably the busiest time of year, um, ever for, uh, innovators, you know, in, innovators, people that want to better themselves. This is the peak. It's the peak time of year for humanity to want to better themselves is what I would say. Cause it, cause you know that over the span of two weeks, right? Say the last week of December, first week of January, a majority of the public is at an all time high of actually trying to reinvent goals that uh, they're feeling optimistic. You know, like, I mean, if you look at it that way, it's, it's actually pretty exciting that everyone, everyone around you right now is really trying to better themselves. So what you're saying, if you want to, if you want to ask somebody for a favor or something like that, <laughs> um, <laughs> ask them, ask them to make a commitment to do something maybe they normally wouldn't do. That this might be the time that their mindset's kind of in that headspace. That 100. percent Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's important, um, especially you know as you're a business owner, I'm a manager. You know, I have a meeting today with my team, and the meeting really is um, kind of a visioning meeting for the year. And yeah. I put together some boxes and I sent them to everybody. And I told them not to open them. And the boxes have some little um, symbolic things in them that kind of signify what we're going to be doing this year. And we're going to open those together, kind of talk through what each of those kind of symbols is and uh, you know, how they apply to what we're trying to accomplish this year. And so I'm trying to take advantage of that optimism yeah. with some physical objects um, and things pe that people can use every day, you know, things they'll see. Um, so, you know, for, for us, we have, uh, we have to make sure our sales funnel is strong. We have to make sure that we're, we're playing as a team. We have to make sure that we're doing a lot of cross training, et cetera. And so I put a bunch of things together that all kind of signify these things, but things that people either wear every day or, or keep in their house. And so as they see them, um, maybe because we created some ceremony around them, it'll remind them of what kind of the purpose of that object was. So that's a that's a good idea. We actually have our we have our annual town hall today this afternoon. Oh, okay. And so um, it's a great opportunity to bring everyone together. We do it every every quarter, and then we do it obviously on the annual. But um, what I've learned over my time is, and and this is what I'm really focused on today for for us is 
we do a lot here in a sense of kind of metrics, uh, goal setting, um, kind of really trying to get everyone on the same page, if you will. Mm-hmm. But today, um, today my my presentation, if you will, is really centered around kind of closing a loop on why the individual success matters, right? And so, um, if you can envision kind of that golden circle where the individual is inside there, and then their team is on the outside of them, and then the organization is on the outside of the team, but it all starts with that individual level success. And so, um, that's that's something I think this year. I really want to focus on the individual level success in our organization because it's just, I can see the power that would, you know, exponentially create as an organization by investing, encouraging, and and really focusing on individual level success. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it starts, it starts with the hand to hand (laughs) combat, right? I mean, every, every employee striving to do their best work um, leads an organization that hopefully with the right glue, from, from management and the right vision that, that gets in the right yeah. spot. Uh, I like that a lot. I like that idea of, of empowering. I, you know, kind of those what if scenarios, you know, if you were to achieve your goals this year, you know, what are you going to need to do that? And yeah. I love coming to the table and with kind of that humility and saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm giving you uh, credit for being a, a great employee and doing good work. And I know you probably have, ideas of how things could be better and i'd love to hear those make sure i'm doing my part to kind of get out of your way so that you can do it you know because you can excel i I don't think i honestly i mean i know there's a contingent that do and maybe maybe i'm naive but i don't think most people come to work and hope for mediocrity I, i don't think most people are in the mindset where they come into their job and they're like you know i'm okay just doing my job at 20 percent you know, I, I feel like people subject, or I think people create excuses and a framework around it that they don't think they can do better than what they're doing now, right? Yeah. Well, um, and some of those may be valid or not, but I don't think you know when somebody takes a job, they don't take the job going, "Wow, I could really do about, I could do a, a, a you know, a mediocre <laughs> job at this role within this company." And so I think I'm going to take that. I just, I, I think people at their core want to do well. I, th- I think they just have to feel empowered to do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, actually, I, I, I forget, I forget where I got it from, but um, it was, it was based on teaching children actually. Oh, actually, no, it, I, um, through actually some, some, this might be one of the few non-business books I ever read in it, but it was actually understanding the, the, the psychology of a, of a, of a teenager. Okay. Um, and anyways, uh, one of the lines that said that, um, children and children will always do well if they can. Yeah. And so your job is to create that environment where they can, you know, and that's what you were saying there. Yeah. There's, there's levels of, um, I, I would say there's almost like two levels of mediocrity that you were kind of speaking to there. There's like intentional mediocrity, which I think is limited. I think you're right. I think most people don't intentionally want to underperform and intentionally want to be mediocre at their job. Right. Um, but I think what a lot of people suffer from is like a, like an accepted mediocrity yeah. where they, they don't even realize that they're not performing at their peak and they're not, they're, they're not taking full advantage of all the tools at their disposal. And so I think as a manager and like as a, as a leader of your organization, 
that's your job. Your, your job is to encourage the use of those tools, encourage that uncovering of potential um, and make people realize like, hey, like the way you're performing now, it's, it's good. You're good. You're a great employee, but you could be so much better if X, Y, Z. How do we get you there? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then that's when people, I think, um, I forget who calls it this, but they, they call it when you're in flow, right? When you're in flow, you get it, man. Like you, you're on top, you get it. You're working with your unique ability. You are, yeah, it's, you're in flow. I don't know, I don't know much more to say to that. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. I mean, I'm, I find that there are kind of two things that, that happen there, right? And I think environment over time um, yep. changes people's mindsets. And, you know, I always, that whole phrase of that's just the way things are. That's just the way that things are here. Um, okay. Yeah, that's just the way we do it. Yeah. 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 No, I know it's stupid, but that's that's the way it works here. Um, I've I try not to fall into that mindset of okay, well, that's just the way it's going to be, um, and it's hard. But it is hard, as I would say, it's it's a challenge for someone like me who runs a team to know that there are some organizational barriers to some of the maybe advancement we want to make. Right. And sure. then, and then have your team come to you and they're seeing the same things that you've seen and yeah. they're asking you to change them in short order when you know that it's going to be a longer term process. Right. Like, so, you know, for example, you know, somebody comes to you and is like, well, you know, we don't, we don't do this particular piece very well, or we could do this so much more efficiently. And then as a manager, I agree with that. I just know what what process is it's going to take in order to affect that change organization wide. And so it's kind of that balance of, I don't want to say, well, that's just the way things are here. Um, I want to validate you're, you're completely right. And I've seen this as well. These are the things I'm doing to work on it. These are the things yeah. I think you can do to give us more leverage to accelerate that. And if yeah. we can work towards those things, we can change it. It's just not going to happen tomorrow. Right. Like that's, yeah. where's that balance of um, letting the employees know or your team know that, yes, your points are valid. Um, I'm not dismissing them. We are working towards fixing them, but making sure that they understand that it's not a, it's not a short-term fix. And, and I, yeah, I, I was just going to add to that, that the, the, the mistake I see sometimes um, people make is that they think that because they don't have that 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 tool or that resource at their disposal at that time they sit back and they don't perform because they go well i would but i really need this and because i don't have that i can't perform so i think i think the last part of what you had said there is it makes sense it, it's saying hey look you're totally right things would be better if we did xyz however we, we don't have that right now. So, so what can we do in the meantime to make sure we're still performing, we're still successful? You know, and so I, I see that a lot where people ask for things and then they sit back. And, and then as, as your executive team is taking your requests on, that's what, they're, that's what I would assume they're looking at is they're going, well, right now you guys aren't performing at all. So why would I invest in this? Yeah. But, it, but what, what you want them to be saying is like, yeah, I mean, you guys are killing it out there. You're experts, you're saying, this would make things better. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. yeah so. And I think that's, I think, you know, that, like you said, when we, we get back to your original point, um, 
you know, small individual, small successes and yeah. small individual successes, you know, create this pattern of proof, right? So that when you, when you go, when you go and you ask for those types of, of things, you have some credibility, Yeah. right? Like it's, you know, performance, performance solves all credibility issues, right? It really does. Like, wow, I really see, I really see all the extra effort you're putting in. I know how challenging this process is to work around, but you're, you've created so much more efficiency in the department, or you've created so much more productivity, or you've created so much more revenue in this space, or you've increased customer satisfaction, despite these obstacles. Like, wow, if we got out of your way, what could you do? Right. And I think that's where it becomes like, you really see that piece. But I would also say um, that a lot of times um, that level of effort only comes from the employee knowing that you would also fight for them in that same way. Like for my team, you know, my team, my team knows that if they ask for something and I'm going to go fight for it and then I'm not going to be, I'm not going to take, you know, an easy no um, yeah. before walking away from it. And they know I'll put myself on the line to go fight for things that they, that they think they need or that we need as a, as a team. And because of that, when I ask for small things on their part, they're willing to do those things because they know I would make that same fight, you know, for them. And so I think having kind of that reciprocal relationship as opposed to, well, do it because I said so, and because it's a bad job market and, you know, good luck finding something else. If you don't like it here, I I find some companies fall into that attitude during tough times when like people are unemployed or things like that. We're like, you're lucky to be working, like quit complaining. Um, Yeah. I I don't think that fosters an attitude of people doing their best work. Right. It's the, it's the office space mentality of like, (laughs) you know, if you do an extra, if you guys ship an extra 500 units this year, I don't get anything out of it. So what do I care? Like, you're not fighting for me. I, I got, you're creating tons of work for me. I got 18 reports to do. I report to 17 people. I repeat myself. I repeat myself more yeah. than anything all day long. Like I spend you, most of my time filling out TPS reports. What do you, yeah. What are you doing for me? Yeah, exactly. TPS. We need to have a talk about your TPS reports. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, having that as a manager or a business owner, I think it's, you have to be cognizant of like making sure that they understand that it is a reciprocal relationship you know yeah that that speaks to yeah and, and here's the thing here here's the thing people there there um there isn't necessarily such a thing as things that people uh know they don't you know that have you ever heard that term like um knowing what you don't know yeah right like people say it's a so what i what i find is like if, if you don't tell people anything or you you don't communicate it well enough the the problem is that they'll make assumptions right so um take for example kind of what you were saying like you have to show that it's a reciprocal relationship and so if you don't find a way and that's what i'm that's exactly what i'm doing today right i'm trying to show that hey we really want to focus on making sure that you as the individual are successful because we know we need a team of successful people to have a successful team so we can have a successful organization. And so trying to close that loop of knowledge where they may feel like, well, this company doesn't care about me. Even though at the the other side of it, we're going, man, we care so much about these guys. Why don't they get it? (laughs) You know? And so they, people will always fill in the gap of knowledge that they, they haven't been given with an assumption. 
right? And they'll, they'll make the assumption. They'll say, well, these guys don't care about me. Obviously, they haven't done anything for me. They haven't communicated to me that, that they care about me. And so obviously they don't. Yeah. And so that's, that's my goal today is to try to close that, that, that knowledge gap and say like, no, we, we do care. Like we, we want everyone here to be successful. So. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think it's, I think, you know, interesting about psychology too, when you're talking about that, like people filling in that knowledge gap, right. They, they make a blanket assumption based on, based on what they feel. I, I think, you know, yeah. in communicating those type of things, when you make asks, I think many times, I think many times management and businesses in general jump into what they want um, from the employee, right? Or from their team members. Um, And like you said, they don't communicate what they're doing as well. So like in, in the case of you know, it's, it's much easier. I, I, I do this in sales all the time. I, I know I've said it as a sales, te- as a sales technique. I don't, I hate the word sales technique. I think it's just general human psychology, honestly, that you have to make deposits before you can make withdrawals from people. You have to make a deposit into an account before you can make a withdrawal. And most people come into a meeting with what they need as a business from the employee. And they're making a withdrawal in an account that may be bankrupt right? It may be overdrawn already. That employee may not be in the mental state to make another commitment to do something else when they already feel like they're not being valued for what they're doing now, right? And so, you know, in those type of meetings, I always find that, like, if you're going to do something and say, hey, here's the roadmap. Here's where we want to go this year as an organization. And let me tell you what the organization is doing. Yeah. Let me tell you what we're doing as a management team, as, as business owners, as an organization to make an investment in getting to this space. And these are all the things we're going to do as an organization to get there. We're going to increase training. We're going to make sure you guys, you know, we're going to make sure that we create better processes so that you have X, Y, Z, so you can do your jobs more efficiently, blah, 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 blah. These are the things we're doing as a company. And based on all that investment that we're making on that spot, these are the things we need for you to make sure that 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 you can take full advantage of the investment we're making as an organization personally as well. And I think if you can frame it that way, then people go, "Wow, they're really they're really thinking about it. They need me to move this forward." You put the importance of you're the ones who are going to make sure this investment that we've made isn't done in vain, right? Yeah. Like you're the key. Like I could put I can put four hundred thousand dollars into the business, but without you guys, it's not going to produce any fruit. But this is where we're putting the, those resources. This is where we're putting that effort. And these are the things we need from the team in general in order to make sure that those things are used to their best ability. You know, can we commit to do this together to drive to the next level? And I think that that framework really, really helps people make a commitment because they see you're already doing something as opposed yeah. to, oh, they want to double. The, he, Jared wants to double sales, but... What else, what else is he doing? He's just going to put money in his pocket. The big, the big rich business owner is just going to be buying a new truck. Right. You know, like, yeah, I, I think that's the, um, I think that's the misconception that a lot of people have. Like I'm going to work twice as hard. They want to double revenues and then they're just going to scoop all the money. I'm not going to get paid anymore. Why am I going well, to that's that? Yeah. And that's, that's, um, then, well, one, one big key to what you just said is then actually do it. <laughs> um yeah and what you what you mentioned before is yeah like leadership 101 is um you know if you took someone like john maxwell's five levels of leadership right 
he's got level one, which is just positional. And it's like, you've just been hired into a position of leadership. You're not necessarily a leader, but you're now a manager. And then just to advance to level two is where you start creating buy-in from the group that you're leading. And that buy-in happens because it's like, okay, oh, Mark, Mark actually does care. Mark's actually, okay, Mark's kind of doing things for us and and we're going to now follow him. Like, you know what I mean? It's actual buy-in of following. And so, yeah, I mean, you got to make, you, you got to build that level of trust by, by giving first, you know, and I think wrapping all the way back around to New Year's, I, I'm excited for today's town hall because that's exactly what I plan on doing is I plan on leveraging everybody's mindset that, Hey, it's a new year. It's a clean slate. Here's what the company is going to do. Here's how we need your help. Here's how we want to make sure you succeed because that'll help everybody. Um, and I think I think it's smart for organizations, even if you don't have periodic or um, specific intervals at this time of year to actually meet as a group. You should just do it. Just just have a stand up meeting and talk about it and and put a plan down and put a plan in action. And yeah, yeah, it's 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 exciting. It, when when is your when when is your meeting this afternoon? Uh, my meeting's at noon today with my with my team, which I'm I'm really excited about. And when you're talking about this cadence of of meetings, it's interesting because you know I'm I'm newer as you know uh, as a sales director. I mean I've I've had employees that I've mentored before. I haven't technically had a position that managed them. Um, as a regional sales manager for a manufacturer, you manage dealers, not really a team of employees. It's a, it's a different, yeah, it's a different, right? uh, a different thing. Yeah. So you're managing a territory, but you're not managing, um, you know, individual contributors on a team. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, because I'm, I, I guess I'm very, um, I'm very hands-on and I'm very, I, I like to develop personal relationships. And I, sure. I think, I think all my, I know all my people are completely different. And so, I try not to manage. I tried not to manage in the first couple of years by group meeting, so much as I did by one-on-one conversations, and yeah. I felt like we did those more as needed, um, as opposed to like we're just going to talk every two weeks on Tuesday because that's the time we've set. Um, I've talked to my team members pretty much every day anyway, um, and yep. then if we needed to talk about something specific, we'd carve out a time to do that that was relevant to the actual, you know, task at hand. Um, but I feel like what we missed with that, I think it did, I think we did a good job building rapport and making sure everybody knows um, that we're on the same page. But I think what we missed with that is um, our only other team meeting that we have together involves operations. And I think, um, because the cadence of that meeting is what projects are going on, what are we doing every day, you know, where are where are our pain points as an organization? Um, there isn't really any place, there hasn't been a place to really share best practices between the salespeople, et cetera. And so yeah. despite my um, my personal aversion to pre-planned things, hence my Kobe quick start nine, um, you know, I've I've put a bi-weekly meeting on the schedule for the team that is going to be a weekly piece um, that I don't want it to be us reading Salesforce to each other or, you know, I don't, 
or approving what you've done over the last two weeks. I'm going to bring six things to meetings. So it sounds like I've been really busy and productive, despite the fact that, you know, I'm behind on my quota or, or ahead, whatever it is, um, you know, really to be something where we can talk about, um, you know, where we've had individual successes, where we need help personally. And then we can start to connect larger dots between, you know, okay, we heard these four pieces of feedback. I think this one process, this one procedure could probably ease the pain of all of those. Um, or they can kind of share with each other what they've done to navigate around those. And I, I know we do it on a limited basis, but we haven't done it in a formal way. And so I'm trying to add that, like you said, that cadence this year. And I, I made sure I got that out right away while people are in the mindset yeah. of it is a new year <laughs> for sure. So well, and and the key to that is like I can I can tell you right now that this this is exactly why I love something like the EOS process, right? The entrepreneurial operating system that I'm always talking about. I mean, at a at a limited view, what you should do, what I would say or what I would advocate for is that you as a group, as a team, you at minimum start with a one-year plan. And this is what US would advocate, they would say. You know, this is where you get traction, right? So, so, so you have a one-year plan as a team. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. In one year, what are what are our goals? What are our revenue goals? What are our profit goals? What are other goals that matter to our team? Maybe it's, hey, you know what? Everyone on our team is gonna be CTS certified by the end of this year. It going, you know, jumping back to our roots of audiovisual. Maybe that's a goal. Um, anyways, then what you do is once you have one-year plan kind of laid out, then you then you zoom in and you go okay if that's our one-year plan what is it that has to happen in these next 90 days in the next 90 days as a team what must happen to achieve this right and then you lay that out right and that's what in the us they would refer to as rocks goals for the quarter if you will um and then that's your first cadence so your first cadence is the quarterly cadence where it's like every quarter you meet you review the previous quarter and then you set the next goals for the next quarter based on your one-year plan but in the meantime in between there you you meet weekly and it's it's very structured it's very it's 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 formal it's structured there's a purpose to everything in the agenda and it's just to say how are you doing this week you know here here's the goals that we have are you working towards that how okay cool let's move on any issues that we need to solve and you'll spend over 50 percent of your time on this meeting talking about issues and issues um are confusing sometimes because people will think you know well, what, the things that are going bad and it's it's not that it's you want people to bring up any opportunities any challenges any uh, advantages that, that we could take use of by by acknowledging it to the team right so yeah i i i advocate for a structured it doesn't have to be boring you know and 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 you and i've talked about metrics and kpis before and kpis are dreaded by most <laughs> millennial and younger you know there but there, there's a use to it and it what you know if it's done right there's a use to it if you think about the if you think about the quote you know what what's measured can be improved yeah no i i agree with that in a lot of ways i think i think as long as you're setting i think as long as you're setting goals that everybody understands the relevance of yeah you can get a lot more buy-in to that right many, so how many calls are you making this week? How many meetings are you having? How, how much, how much time did you spend? Um, maybe like, you know, and it can be like sales are hard. I find say, like in our company, you know, we have three major departments and 
sales always gets in that revenue trap where it's like the only thing that matters about sales is revenue. And it's like, no, it, it, it is, yes. Um, but we also want to make sure that, um, you know, things like marketing. So, okay, we're getting a little bit more traffic on the website where um, each employee is spending an hour to a week training, soft skills, whatever. Maybe it's reading, maybe it's, maybe it's industry training, but we want to make sure, like, those are things that can be measured, right? And so when you look at the end of the quarter and you say, okay, did you get, did you spend 24 hours this quarter, um, you know, enhancing skill set? No, you didn't. Okay, how come? You know, do you not believe that you should be improving your, your capabilities and adding to your, your, your skill toolbox, you know, and that's what we all agreed upon at the beginning of this quarter is that we should be doing this. So yeah, I, I'm a huge advocate and for, for the consistency. And I think it, it sets the tone for people to really get an understanding of what's expected of them Yeah, and how, it, and then, like you said, but it's important. They're part of that process, right? They're not just being condescendingly reported <laughs> to, on, their, <laughs> on their Salesforce metrics, you know? No, I agree with that. I think I think one of the interesting things that you you tapped into there a little bit is that um, you know there has to be this there has to be this proper mindset and buy in up front for those things to work. hundred percent. And I and I think you know I think one of the ways to do that is instead of to say like here's a goal that we're so I, what I find is if you if you set something out there and say here's a goal that we're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, the first thing that people start to do is they start to think of all the reasons that's probably not going to work, right? Like they, see, they start, they start yeah. seeing the obstacles and, you know, a lot of people don't get this when I say it, but like there has to be, you have to do this kind of like preemptive, if this was true, that you have to create this mindset that if this were to be true, if everyone was, if, if it's a given that in three months, we're all going to be CTS certified. What yeah. would be, what would be the things that would prohibit that from happening? Right. And then going oh, backwards yeah. as yeah, opposed hit, to, it, yeah. yeah. And going backwards. And I think, you know, you have to, you have to assume the future reality. And if you could put people in the assumption that like, okay, this is going to happen. What are the, what are the things that would stand in your way and you, going backwards yeah. because, because it, Otherwise, people just start stacking objections. I, I mentioned something about this on um, on a post more like people talk about post mortems for a job. Um, yep. And I mentioned something online about a pre mortem, which is something I heard about. And I don't know if you've ever heard of a pre mortem before, but just I, I remember the discussion online about this. Yeah. Yeah, and people go, "Oh, well, we do post mortems all the time. It's fine. Like we go we go through the job. We figured all the stuff that went wrong. Great. Um, I understand that, and I think there's a lot of value in that." But yeah. the, the idea of saying um, this job failed miserably up front, taking a new project and just assuming the project failed and sitting in a room for half an hour and say, we are, we are in the future and this project just went horribly wrong. Why did that happen? Yeah. Because people's optimism can't creep in to eliminate problems. Right, like their their optimism of how good everybody is at what we do doesn't cloud the fact that oh that would never happen, right? Like yeah. if because if you start throwing things out like well what if we don't get all the materials aside on time oh that never happened we have a really great warehouse team that would never happen okay great but if that did happen it kills a job, right? So you have to go from this point of like what would kill us 
oh, it would kill us if we don't get a permit on time. It would kill us if we show up to the site three states away and electrical's not done with their portion and we can't, pro we can't proceed. That's gonna kill two weeks of our travel budget or this would kill the project or this would kill the project. Okay, great. We know these are the eight things. Let's force rank them. And now let's come up with yep. an, a strategy to make sure that we're mitigating these things every step of the way, because we know these are the eight things that are gonna kill this project. Um, that, but that mindset of it's already dead, it's already gone. And in the same way of this, the mindset of that, we've already achieved this. Like what, you know, we're going to achieve this, what would stand in our way, right? As, yeah. oppo as opposed to just putting it out there and letting people kind of go to their own devices on, well, that's all nice and good that Jared wants us all to do this, but my phone rings at 8.30 every morning, so I can't do training and I have to mitigate these calls and blah, blah, blah. And if I can get it done, I'll get it done and I'll try because I know he wants me to, but the reality of my job is that it probably isn't going to happen. Like you well, can't let that take over. And you also like, it's funny that you say that because when you look at like a full, like when you look at like a, a full project report, like when you, when you take on a project and if you have a, a proper project manager, they as an individual have probably already done something similar, right? Cause you, you see this in project management reports, you see constraints, assumptions, right? Yep. And I, I forget, there's four of them. There's constraints, assumptions, risks, and uh, there's a fourth one I can't remember right now. But they're, they're doing exactly that. But back to as an organization and achieving outside project mission and goals, you, you're living the EOS dream with exactly what you just said. So once you have set those 90-day kind of rocks or goals, that's exactly what you do is you turn it upside down and you look at your team and say, okay, what challenges are in front of us that are going to stop us from achieving this? Yep. So if, if there are no challenges and if there are no um, issues, what do we want to achieve this quarter? Okay, perfect. Now, what challenge? Now, let's go back to reality. What are the challenges that will stop us from achieving that goal? And that's where you start tackling one by one. Let's rank them. Okay, what's the most important uh, challenge that we have to we have to tackle as a team? This one. Okay, you know, what's the issue? Let's talk about it. Let's actually get to the root problem of it. Okay, now let's talk about the solution. Okay, who's in charge of deploying the solution? Okay, go. Done. Move on. Next issue. You know, and so it starts just building like a level of accountability. It starts building like a level of buy-in as well because that's I think kind of maybe like a byproduct of that discussion is get buy-in because people who maybe in other organizations didn't have the opportunity to bring up an issue, add their, their opinion or their two cents, if you will, to that issue, and then be part of the solution problem or the solution uh, creating in other organizations, they maybe never had that. And so when a solution, and I'm air quoting for those of you that can't see me, when a solution was put forward by the organization, they didn't buy in. They were like, oh yeah, yeah, let's see if that fixes that. <laughs> That's not gonna fix that. <laughs> These guys know, you know? And so uh, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's you're, you're bang on, man. Like I, I think that's so important. And on top of that too, as a manager and someone that's in a leadership position, like you can't have all the answers all the time. And even less, you can't have the right answers all the time. Yeah. So leaning on your team and, and saying, hey, you guys are on the field, man. You guys are on the field every day. You tell me, what, what are the challenges in front of you to get this done? Like I, I haven't been in the field for seven years. We're, we're, you know, I don't know. 
you tell me, you know? So, yeah, I, and I think, I mean, when we're, when we get back to this um, personal improvement and buy-in and all these things that we're talking about, I mean, agency is a huge part of buy-in, like somebody yeah. feeling like they had input in the solution that they're being asked to implement. Um, yep. It, because it, it does two things. So number one, it, it creates it creates this relationship where where the team member feels valued and important in the process. Yep. And when you feel valued and important, you're more willing to commit to something, right? Number one. And number two, I think mentally, um, it uh, I guess eliminates some of the excusing excuses and passing of responsibility because you can't, it's easy to say I failed because you gave me the wrong tools. It's really hard to say you gave me what I asked for and I still failed. Yeah. Right. Like that's a really, that's a, that part, whether you believe, you know, that's whether you admit it or not in the, in the back of your head, you, you yeah. assume some accountability because yeah. you were, you were involved yeah. Yeah. This is uh, like, have you ever read, have you ever read um, the five, the five dysfunctions of a team, right? I haven't read that one. I need to. You should, you should start the year off by, by, by having your team read that together and then reviewing it after everyone's read it because I will, I will take the challenge because we need that book as a team. I mean, just yeah. not, not because we're bad team or no, great. No. We, we do a great job, we. but I, but I think we make a lot of assumptions about other people's roles. I think we, we, you know, we get caught up in our so, own process, you know, sometimes. Yeah, you do. And, 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 and that's so, so Patrick Lencioni, the author there, he, he has the five level or the five dysfunctions of a team. And he, he imagine this pyramid and basically the first layer is trust, right? He, he kind of, it's a storybook. It's written like a fable and it's kind of written on the inverse, right? So he, he talks about a company that has a lack of trust, right? So yep. if in this pyramid of, of dysfunctions, you're, bottom layer is trust you have to have trust within your team right and why do you need that because the next level above that is conflict yep. you need to help conflict that's your debate that's your discussion that's your disagreement right that's the ability to get everyone in a room have this like intense discussion about how to solve something how to fix something how to move forward and yeah you may all disagree but at least you all trust each other to not take it personally that you're part of the mission and that's where you start creating that buy-in and then from there he takes it up to commitment now everyone's committed to the solution they may not agree with it and it might not have been their idea but they got heard like you said they were heard they had their opinion uh put in place they trust that their team is trying to do what's best and then you go up from there from commitment you go to accountability and then you're right exactly what you said hey I didn't achieve what, what, what I thought we were going to achieve. Well, how come? Well, cause I didn't do what we all agreed to. Yeah. Not because, well, cause I told you it wasn't going to work. I told you that, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I, and you, never asked, you never asked me how to fix this. And so and at the very top of the pyramid is results. So trust, conflict, accountability, or sorry, trust, conflict, commitment, accountability, results. And so it. it's, it's, it's a really good book, man. And even at the end, even at the end, and this is one thing I, any book that I read that, has tangible assessments or steps that's what i love yeah there's a ton of book of there's a ton of books out there about concept or how to think this way or behave this way but i'm just not 
good at, good at taking that and interpreting it. So five dysfunctions of a team at the very end has an assessment you can do as a team and, uh -huh. and start tackling where your weaknesses are and stuff like that. But it, yeah, it's, it's funny how it's, it's funny when you hear people recognize and talk exactly about um, the concept a book it, it is exactly about out there, you know? Yeah. It's pretty much exactly what you just said is the five dysfunctions of a team. You gotta, let's well, get trust. Yeah. Well, I would, I would, I would argue that every good book, I mean, I would argue that the, the good books that are out there that most people find value in is because they are universal. Right. So like, yeah, the reason the book was written, I'm sure the reason he wrote the book is he heard a thousand times the same thing and just like, wow, this all boils yeah. down to this concept. Like every single, com every t single time I hear something, it's the same pattern, right. Or one of yeah. these five things. So that's really cool. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to make that a, so see, here we go. Here we go. Um, you gave me something tangible to do in order <laughs> yeah. to, and in, yeah. a, in a time frame here in the first, in the first part of this year, the first quarter, um, to get that book read and, and start to dissect and take the evaluation. That's really cool. Anybody gonna, else out there I'm listening should do to it too. Uh, you should hold me to it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it going. Yeah. I gotta get it moving. And, and, and again, this is the time because seven months from now, if you haven't put the wheels in motion seven months from now, it, it, it's gonna be tougher. It's gonna be harder. It'll be harder seven months from now than it will be today. Well, right. when, yeah, when, and I equate this. Time, when's the best time to plant a tree? <laughs> Today. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Today. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I equate it to kind of like the starting line. You know, if you've ever been in a race, um, you know, what are, what's your optimism? What's your optimism in winning a race when you're all at the starting line? Or if the rest of, if the, rest of the field is already halfway around the track and you have to start? Yeah what's your optimism that you're going to get past them and get across finish line first. Right. I mean, it's like, you feel like if you feel like you're that far behind, it's hard for you to make your best effort, which I think why early momentum yeah. is important, right? Like to say in July, Hey, I know we're on, you know, 30% to goal, but let's make a real run at hitting our number this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, well, geez, thanks for that. That means we got to work twice as hard as we did the first seven months to maybe come up short. Um, yeah. you know, doing it in the beginning and getting that fast start, that early momentum is definitely key. Yeah. I like it. No. Well, cool, man. Like well, with that, I, I'm, I'm going to let you kick off your year. Everybody needs to, everybody needs to get back in their business and, and, uh, get things moving today. I'm sure. So that was a, that was a good, uh, I, I like, look at, look at even our, our, our session this morning. This was good. First, first one of the year and look at how deep we went. Look at how, I love it for, for zero plan for let's <laughs> for, Hey, Mark, how was your new year? What are we talking about today? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We, we kind of, yeah. I think we, we made a good run at it. So <laughs> yeah, awesome, man. Well, Hey, happy new year. Good luck in your, yeah. in your meeting. Yeah. Happy new year. And uh, well, well, let's we'll on the, on next week, we'll, we'll update each other on how it went. I think that's good. We can do a dissection. Yeah. Awesome. We can do a post-mortem. Postmortem. <laughs> this is our, our pre-mortem. <laughs> exactly. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on Daybreak. We appreciate it. We'll be back uh, next week as always. And have a good day. Kick off that new year. Take care.